Michelle, what is up, my guy? Not much, man. Excited about our guest this week. Yeah, we just wrapped up with uh, Silly, a.k.a. Justin Fargo-Palmer. Good interview. We did not tell him that you were just the producer and weren't going to be coming in with too many hard-hitting questions, so... Yeah. You got to look at you, but <laughs> didn't get to hear too much of you, and that might have thrown him off, but... Yeah, it was not. he looked like he was expecting me to ask him questions, and I just, just never did, which little awkward but hey producers produce i mean you did a good job so i didn't even have to ask questions all right well uh here's the interview we'll jump into it and we hope you enjoy it welcome to the program well uh i have a first question for you that i don't think you've ever been asked before but do you enjoy drinking the milk at the bottom of your cereal so funny thing about that question, I don't eat cereal. Um, I probably haven't had any cereal in like at least five years, maybe 10 years. And I also don't drink, I've never really drank regular milk or anything. So no, absolutely not. <laughs> because, do you know where that's from? Where's it from? Uh, drink Control. Their bio, like one of your one of your sponsors, right? Their bio is that on Twitter is that it tastes like the bottom of the cereal bowl. And I have a huge gripe with that because... I'm sure what they make tastes very good. I don't like the milk at the bottom of the cereal bowl. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't either. And I also mix my control with water, so I'm sure. I'm sure it's a different taste than what most people are tasting, even though it's still super good. But no, I'm not a. I'm not a bottom of the cereal bowl person either. Ever. Never have been. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad. Uh, We're on the same glad page. It's still a, a good drink and a, and a good sponsor for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Anyways, I want to talk about last year a little bit. Um. You guys are obviously like super dominant at the start of the year. And I feel like you've been asked a million times about like sort of what went wrong and like what happened. Do you have any sort of like insight into that you want to share? Um, I mean, obviously, like the first thing you're going to look at is the online switch, which obviously like plays a little bit of a factor, not completely um, online switch, people expecting to for tournaments to come back. So kind of just like taking it easy in the online Part of things um obviously living in minnesota and playing teams that are centrally located in texas every single tournament didn't help us at all and the overall i feel like our overall team drive to practice and get better fell off a little bit once we realized everything was going to be online yeah and i was wondering so i haven't heard this talked about much but one thing that i think of that would be a huge factor is like routines and superstitions do you have superstitions and like routines when you're going into arena and, and playing in a bunch of like in front of a bunch of fans versus, I mean, when you're playing online, you could wake up, walk down the hall and start playing. Like, is that huge factor for you? Is that a huge factor for people, you know, or is that just something that doesn't really matter? Um, I actually think that's like, that might be the biggest factor for me personally. Um, going to scrim every day in the same spot, waking up, eating, driving there, getting your setup and doing it day after day after day for two months. And then when you play your tournament, you have this, you do the same exact thing that day. And it's just like hard to get into that like tournament mindset. If you're literally just doing the same repetitive process every single day of your life, it yeah. takes the thrill out of things a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think the fans is a huge factor, but I think your routine is just so different when you don't have to go and like prepare and, and, walk out in front of fans like there's no introductions like it just seems like a totally different experience to psych yourself up to play professional call of duty um and then the other thing i thought like your schedule 
was really back heavy. And I think that is just something that is unfortunate, but with like how the tournaments worked and the brackets, it seemed like every single event you guys were up against like one of the top four teams or even two in, in your pool of three teams. Like, does that mess with you psychologically? Like, are you looking when you have an easier team and you're like, Oh, like looking ahead, we can win this. We can get a couple wins and maybe playing on Sunday versus when you're looking at phase and empire in your pool, are you just kind of like, hopefully we can get one of these. Um, we, we were definitely a lot more worried about our, like, uh, end of year heavy pools when we realized that we were kind of getting hit a little harder online. Um, obviously if you go to a tournament, there's that randomness there. You have players that get nervous, players that don't play as confident on land. Um, there's no connection advantage, disadvantage. And so you pretty much feel like you can beat anybody all the time, but like definitely with it being online and going into matches against Dallas and phase, we're like, all right, you know, um, they're already as good as they are. They have great teamwork. They've got a connection advantage and we've lost our last four matches. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely gets in your head a little bit beforehand, but I mean, you, you just got to try to power through it. Um, you know, you can only do what you can do. And we kind of just got hit with a huge slump. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, just turning a little bit, something that comes up sort of every so often in, in professional COD is GAs. Can you just give like a quick, recap for the listeners like what a GA is and and how that process like affects you and how you're involved um so basically a gentleman's agreement is something that a group of pros decide shouldn't be in the game um it used to just be people with GA things and then just play hardball and be like well I'm just not gonna scream your team if you guys don't get rid of this but now we kind of have a process where if it passes a certain number of votes then we'll get it out of the game and since, uh, you know, devs fixing something in a day, like let's say something's completely broken in the game, them fixing it in a day or less than a day is unrealistic. So we can take it out ourselves by making people not use it. And then we don't have to deal with it anymore. So is the league involved in that process? Like, does the league follow that? Are they kind of engaged in that at all? Um, GAs are extremely frowned upon to be talked about or administered whatsoever. Um, we do have, we do have Treyarch now, so they're obviously a lot more hands-on with things that we want, things that their competitive area of the game needs rather than just appealing to the other 99%. Um, so I don't think there'll be as much of a need for GAs this year. I feel like they're really on base with us. So hopefully we can get rid of that entire process because yeah, our, our company does not like it at all. Yeah, like it's wild to me because in theory, I could just go out there with a ton of smokes and whatever weapons I want and not use it all season, but go to champs and just start owning because there's millions of dollars on the line, right? Like there's nothing to stop me from doing that other than I'd get shamed for it, but I'd be super rich, right? Yeah, um, there's only been one scenario, I think, where something like that has happened. It was my it was my team. Um, we had broken GAs at Atlanta in World War II. Clayster uh, decided to use a banned gun and we ended up kind of winning because of it. And he got a ton of backlash for it and ended up paying his prize pool to the team he used it against. So I feel like if even if you do anything like that, I feel like you would be so like just blacklisted. Like let's say you even win champs because of stuff like that. I feel like every other player would just like try and get you out of the league pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, if you got your four and you're going to stick with your four, you're just making cash. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like there's one person that would be, too, at least one person would be too scared to on every team. So <laughs> hopefully that never happens. I would not be looking forward to that because there's a lot of broken guns in every game that gets released. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely something like in my head, I'm like, someone's got to do it, but I don't think it will ever really happen, especially not like with that much money on the line. It just, it's wild to me that the league won't just change the settings a little bit, you know, make some <laughs> updates so that it's not possible to do that. I mean, it's a, it's a kudos to the players for just like all agreeing to it. And then like to get that many people to agree to something just on a handshake deal basically is, is kind of amazing in itself. Yeah. We've, we've had our issues, you know, with people, uh, let's say you have a really sub heavy team. We're like, all right, you know, we don't want the 10 millimeter rounds in. Um, they're mm-hmm. like, no, like we want them in, like I want them in. It's not cause of my team. And then you kind of just have a little back and forth for a while <laughs> and then it settles one way or another. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, I wanted to move on to this year cause you just signed and, uh, I want to know what the thing you're most excited for is and tell me why it's that you won't have to deal with the Minnesota choker tweets after every <laughs> event, even when you play well now. Dude, those those tweets did infuriate me. <laughs> and, and after it happened one time, I, I, dude, it would be like, we would lose a game by like two that we like came back 100 points from and be like, yeah, Minnesota choker. Um, <laughs> My, my favorite thing about uh, going to LA is being clo- close to home, you know, because I, I live in Vegas. So it's a quick drive back, quick flight back. Um, most of my family's in California, other than my immediate family. Um, and obviously, just living in LA is a, an experience for anybody. I feel like living there for their first time. So I'm really excited to do that. And I'm uh, really excited to reunite with three fourths of my uh, world championship squad. Yeah, that's awesome. Try and bring back. Uh bring back that run or maybe just, you know, run it, run it solid from the start of the year. Yep. <laughs> uh, what was the free agent process like from you? Like, were you told right away that Minnesota wasn't keeping anyone or how did that go? Um, I, I can't elaborate too much on if or who they're planning on keeping, but uh, me and Adam wanted to be released um, to get the best chance possible at getting on another team. Because obviously if you're not like, if they extended our like plus one, like if they resign us instantly, then we would come with a buyout if somebody wanted to buy us. So it would make us less like available to other teams, you know, cause they have to pay a salary and then have to pay a buyout. So we wanted to be released for that. Obviously it worked out for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how did that work? Did you kind of do a lot of work behind the scenes or were you talking to a bunch of GMs and it was kind of like, we want, all three of us together? Did you want the two of you together? How did that process work and and how much of it is players and how much of it is GMs? Um, So in the first place, they they had already decided they're keeping one player. Um, And through this whole process, just extremely stressful. Obviously it's like uh, most of the moving, like the footwork is like GMs, agents. Um, Obviously players can try and make alliances with each other, but if the org doesn't want to pick up that alliance, it doesn't really matter. Um, so it was basically vivid and then me and Adam went over there and then we all sat down and we're like trying to decide who we want as a fourth and it was unanimously app. So got app. Yeah, that's awesome. So is that like, do you enjoy that part of it where it's like, you're trying to team up with a people you like can get along with, can work with, but B people that you think are cracked at the game and that are going to pop off for you. And obviously another layer of that, there's building a team that actually fits together and, and plays different roles? Um, Honestly, the entire free agent process for anybody that didn't have a good year is horrific. It's got to be the absolute worst experience of my life, Um, especially with the league cutting 20% of the jobs. Mm -hmm. It makes it that much more stressful, especially like, you know, we obviously ended the year poorly and it was like, you know, a nail in the coffin for some players like they had a bad year and boom, they're not on a team. But um, 
you know, we're lucky enough to get on a team. Um, I'm hoping this year goes fantastic through and through. So I don't have to deal with this process on the bad side of things. You obviously, you know, don't want to be released from any team that you're on before. That's never a good sign. So Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's cool to reunite with people and things like that. But most of the process is not fun at all. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it's amazing this year, even the good players who aren't even being rumored to teams yet and who might not be back in the league. It's, it's a crazy process and I can't imagine all that goes into it, but yeah, congrats on the signing. And I think it's really cool that sort of LA has taken this step. And I think last year, uh, LAG was among the bottom tier of like social media engagements and that kind of thing. Is that something that you guys talk about and want to grow the brand both sort of in the results of, of you guys playing, but also like just in terms of clicks and, and trying to be like LA's team or, or be right there with whatever optic might turn into. Um, we, we obviously uh, want to be the LA team. Um, it's always going to be a, a competition for that. Obviously if Hex ends up taking over optic or something, it's going to be a real uh, hard uphill battle, <laughs> but uh us, the players are going to do the best we can to uh, bring as much attention to our org as possible. And they, you know, with last year being their first year in COD, they're kind of just new to that aspect. And I feel like they have a lot better base um, in their company to kind of grow it now. But, uh, but yeah, they're definitely on the right track. I've seen, I've seen a good amount of growth in the last month or so. So they're on the right track. Yeah, well, that, that uh, like announcement video was absolute fire. Like, it was really cool. I feel like that was everywhere on Twitter and, and online. So... Yeah, that That's was awesome. um, that was my uh, one of my real life friends actually did that announcement video that I brought out there for it. So he definitely <laughs> did a super good job. Yeah, nice. that's sweet. Shout out to him. Yeah, give him shout, a shout out, out, shout out, out to Jordan uh, Jordan Billings, the best videographer I know. <laughs> um, all right, one one more thing I want to talk about is kind of a thing that gets brought up a lot in Call of Duty, which is the age factor. I don't want to talk about like slowing down because I think that's pretty much proven that it's it's not really a thing but just in terms of lifestyle I feel like Call of Duty is set up for like college age kids to go play do you think the league is changing to where like the vets like you play scooter scump can like have like obviously you're engaged which congrats on that do you feel like you can balance sort of your life more with, with gaming and and still being a pro more than someone could have like four or five years ago. Oh yeah. I I think the main factor four or five years ago was if you're, you know, early to mid twenties there, the money just wasn't there unless you're winning most of the events, you know, now all these players have like a, I mean, if you won every event, every single event, the entire year, five years ago, I think you still would have made less than probably the average salary of a professional player now. So, I mean, yeah, that definitely helps you out with your stability in your job. You know, you don't have to worry about necessarily going to school full-time right now or working full-time. Um, for a lot of players, they get more time at home because this is what they do. Uh, I feel like the only thing that kind of affects players around my age group or like Clay's obviously is a couple years older is like loss of motivation or maybe just not wanting to put up with being around, you know, younger kids anymore, babysitting <laughs> and things like that, which there is a lot of babysitting and things like this, you know, uh, a lot of gamers haven't really been out too much. So that's kind of <laughs> one aspect that sucks to deal with. <laughs> yeah. That's more what I was thinking. Like, it's like, it's their like going off to college moment. Whereas when you're in your mid to late twenties, you're kind of over that. Like you're, this you're is your income now. We're going to do different things. And yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that being an interesting dynamic and kind of obviously it's worked out with, yeah, someone like Clay who's still in the league and and seemingly going to be around for a few more years. What's what's your plan? Are you going to try and play it out as long as you can? Um, I'm playing as much as possible. Um, There's no reason not to. Uh, people are obviously quick to forget. There's a lot of recency bias in terms of players and especially like older players because they kind of, I feel like older players suffered a little bit more in 5v5 uh, other than Clay, of course. But um, <laughs> I'm the last 44 champion as of right now. So, you know, people yes. are quick to forget, but <laughs> is the true. old men are making a comeback this year for sure. Well, I'm here for it. And uh, yeah, you guys obviously have a team now in LA that is more vet heavy than a lot of teams and i think that'll play to your advantage whether it's online or if you can get some sort of bubble going do you have any preference in terms of uh online or bubble obviously the preference would be to just play in front of fans and have that fully back open but we'll for the sake of this question eliminate that option um i would most definitely definitely like to play in a bubble um, some people wouldn't because, you know, family, whatever people got pets, like <laughs> things like that. But playing online makes for a lot of, uh, inconsistencies. I feel like, um, I feel like the bubble will kind of eliminate that. Although it's like, you know, however much that's going to cost, it might be hard to execute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our league costs a lot of money, but it's not NBA money or anything. So definitely prefer the bubble though. And I also heard it was rumored to be in either Las Vegas or Dallas. So, I mean, that would be, that sounds cool as well. Good locations yeah, yeah. for it. Would you, uh, like you'd be pro bubble, even if it was a full, like six months, or would you be more uh, bubble for major events, like two weeks beforehand or something like that? Um, I would literally do it for any amount of time. Um, I had <laughs> a lot of, you know, some players still have to move anyways away from their significant others. Like we, we got to go to LA. So the bubble is going, not going to make that much of a difference for me regardless. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's awesome. And I, I mean, I feel like it's obviously improves the quality of play. So can't argue with that. Anyway, I got one last question for you. If myself, Josh, and two of our friends, like we're all bots, like say, our, <laughs> say our KD is 0.8, and we were to play you, like you and, and three pros, I don't know, you can name them, in 100 games of Hardpoint and Search and Destroy, just alternate the two, two main maps, would we win a single map? No. Okay, follow-up. Would we get a kill? <laughs> yes, you, you guys would absolutely get kills. If you guys do the little corner corner in the middle of the map thing, we might run past you or something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've, I've played a lot of GB matches in my day, like a couple thousand. And even if you're playing like players that are like new to Call of Duty and stuff, they can still aim in and get a kill at one point get or another. lucky one, yeah. Would we win a search round? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that's super possible. Hard points, hard points. Like I could guarantee you guys, you probably wouldn't win in that against four pros because it's just you, you guys are getting spawn trapped at that point. But in S and D, there's a lot more randomness, a lot more places to hide, places to go. By uh, uh, by round eighty eight, they'll be bored and they'll just be knifing, and we might get a win. <laughs> that, that's also possible. I mean, we're playing a hundred maps. I feel like after if we if we're doing fifty hard points, I feel like after. 20, 25 hard points. If we're playing a little bit on the side, we'd get the rotations in our heads. I think it's, you overestimate It's, it's possible, but... Uh, I feel like we'd trade out a grand total of four kills on, uh, <laughs> on Surge, just not being aware enough to get those trades. But oh, yeah. 
I think it'd be a ton of fun if you're uh, if you're ever interested, you know, in a best of a hundred series. See, I totally would, but getting any COD player to sit down for that long it sounds like a damn near impossible task. But I myself <laughs> would definitely be down. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we'll just one v one a hundred times. Would I win then? One v one, you'll definitely get some maps for sure. Okay, for sure, I think uh, you haven't seen him play. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just throw a nade off the start and. Just hope for the best every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, well, thanks for your time. Is there anything you'd like to plug or hype up or talk about? Um, I like to talk about, um, excited for this year. I'm excited for the Los Angeles fans and we're going to represent you guys well. And, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. We look forward to watching you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. We'd love to have you back on sometime. Looking forward to watching you this season. Yeah. When you're the, the team goes 2021 champ. Yeah, I need that. We'll Definitely need that. <laughs> hey, right, if you if you guys win champs, we're your first interview after that. That's fine. With, it's fine with me. Awesome. Sounds good, boys. Thanks again. Yeah, Thanks, Appreciate man. it. Later, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, everyone. We're gonna uh, gonna chat a little bit, you know, as we did last week after after the episode. Have a little fun. Because why not? After the interview, you came for the interview. You can just stop it now if you want, but I want to talk about one thing. Don't stop it. And you, you're probably going to actually... I need a paycheck. We don't have... really. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> you guys are probably going to turn it off the second I, I bring up the eSport we're going to talk about, but the NBA 2K League. I randomly decided to post my top 10 players if it was to redraft, and a lot of the players got really mad, which was really <laughs> funny for me because... A, the league's only a couple years old. B, they probably shouldn't care that much about some random guy posting a top 10 that is like pretty accurate, I'd say. And, and most <laughs> of the people who actually are somewhat impartial were like, yeah, this is a pretty good list. Uh, but I just thought that was funny. Yeah. I, I saw some of the responses. They were, they were pretty good. Yeah. Like, a, could you, Give us give us your list. Give us the list. Let it, let us hear the list so that we can understand where I don't know maybe why they were, un, were unhappy. Well, here's the thing: it's a point guard driven league. The point guard scores all the points. Right. That's why their name's point and guard. So, no, <laughs> but that is that is true. So I have CB thirteen first, Reg second, Kenny got work. My mom, that man, top four, and I think that's sort of a clear top four that would that would get drafted. Uh, Rhea at five, who's a center, but he's probably the best center in the game, even though Day Fry was really mad, even though I had him on this list. <laughs> uh, Timely Cook, I think, was the only non center, non point guard. And just because I think he's the best defender and a good team guy, I, I think he'd go early. But anyway, everyone was mad, even if they were on the list. If you were below seven, eight, nine, ten, I think we're all. You know, struck a chord with that. <laughs> but what I would say, my biggest takeaway is A, everyone in that league thinks they're the best player in the league. Do you think that's typical though? Like, is that every esport and I, every sport? I'd say to get to a point in any sport, esport, you have to kind of have that mentality where you're the best. And I mean, I think, I mean, probably for most of their life, they were probably the best 2K player or, whatever like uh for until they got to the the pro, 
pros and they were playing against guys that could actually compete against them. So, I mean, yeah, you definitely have that mentality of I'm number one. And I think you have to, to some degree to, to play at that level. Um, so you, like, you don't doubt yourself as much. So, yeah, I think, I think it's understandable. Um, to, to tweet you though, maybe <laughs> might be a little far. Um, just because like, you can think it, you can be like, well, this guy's an idiot and then just move on with your day. But yeah, I mean, content wise, it's good for us. <laughs> what do you say a championship is worth in a league like this and in a lot of esports where it's not necessarily designed to pick the best team? It's kind of designed to have the most excitement. Like this, yes, this year they did two out of three series, but it's pretty short. Like a two out of three in 2K doesn't take a lot of time to play. So JBM, who was the point guard on the championship winning team, was big mad. But I don't think they were the best team this year. And I don't think anyone can really argue them as the best team. Number two, I think, yes. But what do you think of the format of a lot of esports playoffs are? And do you think they should be more like regular sports where it's a long series and there's a lot of room to kind of separate the best teams from the worst teams? Or do you prefer like a March Madness? It gets wild and crazy because that's exciting for fans. I mean, Greg, you you know me. I like chaos. I'm a big chaos fan. So I, I enjoy March Madness. I enjoy the spectacle of randomness. So uh, personally, I like it. I think if you're... It's different, though, because, like, I mean, can you really say any league is proves who's the best team? I mean, constantly, like, if we're talking, like, Real like actual sports, um, NBA. Uh, I mean, the last few years, would you say they were the best teams? Yeah, I'd say typically. And uh, yeah, I think to beat a team four out of seven times in the NBA Toronto game, Raptors were the best play- team last year. Can you say that in twenty nineteen? Yeah, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean injuries are a factor, but they were the best team through the playoffs. Yeah. So that's the chaos, though. You know what I mean? Like the chaos is the injuries. The chaos is whatever happens in the game like like there there is some sort of like there's gonna be that randomness in any any sport which is the the spectacle you know and i yeah, think but the best team at the time typically wins. whereas if nba played all one game series every year you get you'd have different champions you'd have more yeah three four five six who knows maybe an eight seed would have, would have won one year yeah, yeah yeah i see i see i see um I don't know. I think esports is new. They're they're trying to find their footing. If this brings in more viewers, then more power to them. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm not against. I don't hate it. It's a big shout out to Silly anyway and his uh, 2018 World Championship team because they came from nowhere, popped off. They did won it all. Shout out to them. Shout Just, out to Silly for coming on the program. Hopefully, we'll have him back sometime. Hopefully. Uh, LAG gets off to a good start. Yeah, I mean, I wish the best for him. I mean, I think it's a solid team, solid team of vets. Love that. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll be good, and uh, I hope they win so that he comes back on and uh, gives us another interview. I think they will be better than last year. Official prediction: they will not finish last. Yeah. Okay. 
Hey, boom. <laughs> Sayonara. Take care, everyone. <laughs>